All right. Welcome to Dorks on Sports podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel and joining me as always are these uh, three other beautiful faces. Um, we actually, uh, we had a nice little meeting right before uh, we started this podcast, break a little bread, get to know each other, open up those lines of communication. And uh, I don't know, I feel closer to the the three of you cats. I love you. I mean, I know we, we all knew each other uh, previously before this, but uh, not in like intimate ways. And I, I just feel myself getting closer to each of you. And I wanted to share my appreciation for that. So, well, thank you. I love you. I love you, Curtis. <laughs> and I love the Seahawks because they just won. Yes. <laughs> uh, we might've only won like four games, but life is good. Well, it wasn't just a win. I mean, we beat the 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. So, like, on the scale of, uh, like, your your Seahawks emotional state, where would you say you're at now? Uh, emotionally, I think I'm at about nine and three quarters. Okay, that's, yeah. On the positive yeah, out of, out of what on a scale of we got another year under our belt where we can say we swept the 49ers. You know, I, I don't know, you know if we're, if, gonna, we're, if gonna, we're not making the playoffs. At least we can say that. In fact, I was exactly. just reading a statistic that uh, since Russell Wilson joined the team, our overall record against the 49ers is 17 and three. Which <laughs> is just oh, oh, that just feels good. And, three. Yeah, I think it's I think 20 it's meetings. 16 and 17. Is it, isn't it like 16 and four in the regular season, but like 17 oh. and four if you include the NFC Conference Championship game? No, I think we've only lost against the 49ers three times. Really? Yeah. 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 It, that, that statistic I read was only for the regular season. If you included um, that conference championship, it would be. Uh, they have only beat us three. three times since in the Russell Wilson in a decade. Era. 10 years. That is. Yeah. Astounding. That's bonkers. No wonder they hate us. Oh, my God. Which just, you know, you enjoy these beatdowns even more when they happen. (laughs) If you're a 49ers fan, just uh, turn this podcast off right now. This is not the episode for you. Jimmy G isn't going to come save you. (laughs) (laughs) I really like your offensive and defensive lines down there. (laughs) 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 I wish we had them up here. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Oh, tell me about it. Yeah. Alana, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been kind of a, a rough week, um, parenting and, and working, but uh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. You know, oh, parenting and working. Like, yeah. I know. I, I get you. That's the thing that just gets in the way of everything, of life. Right. Don't even. Well, I mean, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to say it gets in the way because, like, my kids. <laughs> fucking amazing the, the the kid is great the work is right not. the work no, no, and the work, the parenting really that's fair I, I i also love my job it's just like there have been some circumstances at work that have been a little bit uh like unexpected and hard um like you know someone well i don't don't want to go into that but um <laughs> i just want to say travis homer uh, I, I've just got I've got a bit of a crush right now on Travis Homer. Not only does he have fantastic hair, but he can uh, fake a punt for seventy three yards and a touchdown, and then can, play can some I just awesome say, special teams. 
The one thing I love about a football team that has nothing left to lose, like when they're when 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 they're not going to the playoffs and they're they just got nothing left. Uh, they can just throw out, they they play these kitchen sink games where they can just throw out the weird ass, like trick plays. I I love that in the CX and some of them don't work. I don't care. I, you know, like fucking go for it. Right. Because when they do, it's really fun to watch. Right. I just want to say that Travis look, Travis Homer looks like he is in the middle of being tased. That's what his hair looks like. (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) Yeah, it does. Yeah. I I love that part. Millie, how are you doing over there? Hey, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, ask me about my fantasy team. How's your fantasy team doing? <laughs> Please do that more with more like sex appeal there, Dan. Just, like, pour it on. Well, here's how where it's really going to surprise you. Yeah. Um, I lost. Oh, no. no. I did. I did. And, and Hubert got me. And I'll tell you how. Just like First the Seahawks. I lost by 1.46. Come on. Oosh. So, but I was supposed to win by quite a bit. And here's the hubris piece. So I'm looking at my, my flex position and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've never played Kenny Galladay. I'll put him in. <laughs> and the hubs looks at me and he says, you got Tyler Boyd. You should put in Tyler Boyd. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Angles, hand and hod. And I said, you know what? Just going with my gut. I'll just leave him in there. Galladay, it's going to be fine because I'm supposed to win by 20 something points. (laughs) 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 Oh, Oh, my goodness. Uh, That one hurt, but I'm still in first place. So, you know, I'm getting over it quickly. Uh, I did my other league where I now just laugh at myself each week. I've never had such a laugh. I could throw a dart at a board and it would not affect the outcome kind of a team, especially because there's a, don't ask me how it happened, but there are a bunch of Dallas players on it. And um, so I was screwed from Thursday on that. Um, Thank you for giving me time to talk about my fantasy team. And other than that, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Thanks. Good. No, that's good to hear. Um, uh, let's jump into the Seahawks because this was a fun game to watch after, uh, you know, um, a long string of not so fun games to watch. Um, uh, they actually, the offense came out and scored some points, which was, uh, which was really good. Uh, that was super fun. Uh, Russell Wilson was uh, was was playing with some magic that we kind of hadn't seen in a few weeks. He was finally making those like Russell Wilson X Factor game changing plays. Yeah. Um, you know those weird like escape and you know throw the ball and get some weird catches. And we probably would have ran up the score even more if Gerald Everett had had a better game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I do feel you know, real bad. Gerald Everett, if you're listening to this podcast, this is that you should turn it off right now too. But yeah. also, I want to hi, buddy. Gerald if <laughs> yeah. Gerald Everett is listening to this, I want him to know that I am like so in his corner as a fan. Yeah, uh, he Absolutely. he had been like the model of consistency 
for the offense in this bad stretch. And then yeah. the game they win, he just like he just he just he just loads his drawers. Two turnovers <laughs> in the red zone is just I, everybody has a bad game. And, and you know, even the great Tom Brady and Peyton Manning have thrown multiple picks in a game like it's, you know, he'll Mr. be fine. Everett, if you're listening to this. What I want you to know is that clearly George Kittle has some insecurity issues and had a curse put on you. And that's yeah. Yeah. that's a that's a strong point. The 49ers might have they they might have like sacrificed a goat in that locker room. Put a <laughs> curse matter. on a yeah. But it didn't work because we won. <laughs> Does George Kittle have teeth? I can't tell. It's do you know that he he is um I, I get all my glasses from Zenny Optical and he he has a line at, through Zenny Optical with his wife and really wants to be like a fashion known for his fashion. Uh, and glasses. I find I, it very weird because I they actually, are not attractive. I I love Kittle. I think he's a great personality, uh, he's and he's crazy. a baller. And I hate him because he plays for the 49ers. So yeah. I I am obligated to hate him. But if he were to come over to the Seahawks, I would be buying his jersey. Uh, um, rumor has it Seattle really wanted him. In that I know. Oh, I know. And then, and then I didn't looked right in and took him. Uh, I thought Schneider Wanham wanted him earlier than where the Niners went, uh, and uh, Carol poo pooed it. Is they what I heard. Shock me at all, Carol. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Carol, um, I thought uh, the the Seahawks really played for him, and uh, you know, all through the season, I have questioned whether this team had maybe given up on Pete Carroll. And I am going to say without a shadow of a doubt that that is not true, that this man has the locker room and you could hear it in all of those players' voices in their post-game pressers um, after after the game. And there was a story that on Saturday, Pete Carroll asked the locker room, he asked everybody to, um, tell their why, why they play the game. And that is what prompted Millie's pocket locket to stand up and give a, give a fiery emotional speech that, uh, that kind of fired everybody up. You mean my Walter Payton man of the year candidate pocket locket, Tyler. That's right. He's my favorite guy. Yeah. Him. That's it. And he had a, he had a great game. Um, Oh, such a beautiful touchdown. He had a, he had a great touchdown. I want to ask you, Millie, because this offense to me looked a lot different than it has over the past few weeks. What did you see differently? What I saw um, on the offense, I'm going to talk yeah. about the offense was um, the Russell Wilson. I haven't seen since the beginning of last season, mm-hmm. which is this focus when a play doesn't go off. It's, it's move on, live in the present. There's no like, oh, uh, sort of moment. There's no frustration with everyone around him. He's not throwing energy out. He's just staying right there. And when he plays that way is when I see him do well. And we've talked about up-tempo before. And for me, what I saw was up-tempo play without rushing it. Right. And that to me is 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 what I mean when I talk about like they're, they're playing too fast as opposed to up-tempo. It doesn't allow the defense to rest. Should they end up unfortunately in a three and out and it doesn't, 
it, the communication clearly wasn't working. Nobody felt comfortable. Everything just felt rushed. And this game didn't felt, feel rushed. It felt confident. It felt focused. And when something didn't go right, it didn't feel like there was this energy wave where people just didn't want to take responsibility for what went wrong. I like that. I, I think that is a, a great observation. When you when you talk, when you say that um, it didn't feel rushed, you know, when they're up tempo, uh, it did feel there were times that it felt rushed. And in this game, even when they went up tempo, it was fast, but patient. Yeah, right? like yeah. they it, they it felt like the Seahawks uh, at at times were, was controlling the pace of the game, which is something that we haven't seen in weeks. Probably, I think probably since Geno Smith, um, you know, won that game against uh, the Saints. Which Jacksonville. Or, uh, or uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville, excuse yeah. me. Sorry. Um, Sorry. No, thank you. Um, uh, which leads me to, uh, I want to ask you, Alana, I hate asking this question, but... This game that Russell Wilson just played is the week that the doctors were kind of giving as um, as the week that he was going to come back from his injury. Mm-hmm. And I know that there have been questions of did he come back too early? Was he still hurt? Is that why? What if? What do you think? Do you think that the Seahawks would have had a better chance with uh, Geno Smith um, playing and Russell Wilson taking over? this time do you think he came back too early so i'm gonna first off i'm gonna ask millie to shift one direction or the other so i can see the middle column on the schedule awesome so i think that the i mean i think russell coming back for green bay is what he needed to do Mm. i think that that game for him was meaningful. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's hard. I think that if him coming back for that game means that he stays in Seattle in 2022, 23, then I don't care what happens in that game. Sure. And I think that that, that may have been the stakes. I think what we're seeing right now is a rust that is fully invested in Seattle. Yes. And it's because when he said, when I'm ready to come back, can I come back? And the team said, Yes. And he said he was ready to come back, so he came back. So I think looking at the politic of that, I think is really important. And I think it's easy to undersell the importance of that. Um, you know, going into Green Bay, and, and it's a shame that we lost all three games. I don't think that, I don't think that Geno Smith wins the Green Bay game, even though the defense played outstanding. I think Geno Smith has a chance in the Cardinals game, but I still don't think he wins that. And I don't think you tell Russell Wilson not to come back for the Washington football team game. So while yes, this is where, and and the other thing is they never said eight weeks. They said four to eight weeks. And, And like, we got focused on this idea that it should have been an eight week injury. But like, you know, it's a four to eight week injury. He came back at four weeks. He, that doesn't necessarily make him like a miracle healer, even though he calls himself that. So I think, right. I think it's possible, possible that we lost one additional game to him coming back early. But I think it's also possible that we gained 
16 to 48 games with him (laughs) by letting him come back on his own terms. (laughs) And I think that that's valuable. And I think that, yeah, he looks good. I also don't, I think that it was in his head. I think he needed to play, get back into playing shape. Yeah. You know, Mm, three games. Yeah. I I don't think Russell Wilson's never been challenged uh, as emotionally as he has been this season. Absolutely. And the fact that we're coming, we just beat Sam, we just swept San Francisco has meaning. The fact that Tyler Lockett is now doing those impassioned things in the locker room, that has meaning. The fact that the defense is buying in and playing like the defense that we, you know, it should be playing like they should be playing that good. They've got that level of talent that all has meaning. And so he's, he's building and continuing to foster roots here in a way that like, could we see a Pete Carroll? Could we, will we see Pete Carroll, John Snyder and Russell Wilson back next year? I want that. And I've wanted that all season. So if, if that's what it takes to get there, maybe with some rearrangement of how they do things like Schneider is now the GM and Carol is just the coach. Like if that's what we end up with, with Wilson um, running the team, like that's what I want. That's that to me is the dream scenario. Yeah. I think that's the way it works out for all three of them. I think, I think the big, the big issue is, is, is getting Carol to, you know, get his fingers out of, you know, a lot of the front office decision-making. Which, you know, uh, there've been reports that Jody Allen is involved. Uh, you know, there's been a question that's been the question the whole time since her brother died and, and she took over is what is going to be her involvement? Is she going to care? And, uh, and it sounds like, she does and she is involved and uh and is not happy with the losing season and i can totally see a scenario in which after the season she has a come to jesus moment with the leadership of this team to really figure it out yeah um, i think i think she's much closer to how her brother was than agreed. people are giving her credit i think people have been sort of underselling her unnecessarily paul was a total reclusive yeah, yeah, yeah. and he—you never saw him hardly at all. No, um, he got game reports, but yeah, he trusted yeah, the yeah. CEO to, you know, manage the team. And uh, when he needed to step in, he did. Yeah, I, I mean, also read working. something. I don't know how apocryphal this is, but uh, I read that uh, Jody was the one who convinced him to buy the Seahawks, which uh, I thought was uh, was very. His real passion is the is the Blazers. Yeah, or was the Blazers? It was, it was, yeah. Blazers was his first love. Yeah. Yeah. He He, bought the Seahawks to keep them in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I, I think there's a case to be made with Russell Wilson coming back. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if he came back too early. I don't know if he was still hurt in green Bay. I'm sure he was still healing. I also think there's a case to be made that it took three games to learn how to throw with a bum finger. Um, you know, he was making incredible, he, not, not only the throws, I, I want to say his decision-making in that game was better than I've seen the past few games. Yeah. He's hitting that underneath stuff. I mean, that it was unfortunate that Everett bobbled the, the ball for a pick, but that little slant that was going to be a sure as touchdown, like that's the kind of stuff th- that he was missing yeah. in those three games. And, and they were being drawn up by Shane Waldron. He just 
wasn't seeing it or he wasn't making the decision to go there. And it looks like he's buying into that offense a little bit more. Um, and uh, I love to see that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Go Hawks. That was a really fun game. Uh, let's move on to the predictions because uh, I want to hear how I did, Millie. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, congratulations to Dan, who oh, was the you. only one who believed. Oh no! Uh, no I mean, thank you. you said it was twenty to eighteen, but you know, other than that, yeah. hey, you were the only one who got the win for sure. Uh, congratulations. Um, we should all be better Seahawks fans. Nah. Anyway, moving. Just gotta on. believe. I like <laughs> Ted Lasso. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess what? We get the Texans now. Well, that's going to be a fun game. Uh, David Mills? Yep. I, yeah. Is it going to be Mills playing? It's going to be Tyrod Taylor's wrist is fucked. Yeah, they yeah. Were, they still haven't formally announced if he's going with Mills, but that's the expectation. Yeah, after Detroit uh, finally won their first game, I think I could confidently say that the Texans are the worst team in the league right now. What a glorious yeah. win that was. I was sort of looking at the where their offense and defensive is ranked and it's pretty bad. It's, their their, their it's, offense is abysmal. Yeah. It'll be a, it'll be a great game for the Seahawks to build on what they did against the 49ers. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't Curtis. What do you think? What, what's the score? Um, well, I think that their offense is last in the league of scoring points and Seattle's defense has been turning around pretty good. And um, their defense isn't that much better than their offense. And they are worst in the league at running the ball. So I actually think that while Carroll coach was more willing to come out with a more aggressive game plan against San Francisco and a must winner for him. I think he might dial things back into more of a, his conservative mode of trying to just drain clock. So I'm actually going to say, even though they're worst in the league and defense, defensive scoring, I think Seattle's going to score maybe like uh, 24, 27 points and hold them down to probably like about 13 points. Oh, that was going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a safe 24, 13, 27 to, to 13 was, 24. Is, was, was going to be mine. Was so, be uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was going to be mine. Go I, I agree. I think the defense is, is going to have no problem against this offense. And I think, uh, I actually think Carol's going to let Waldron open up the book a little bit and step on the I gas so. because I, mean, that's I, I, I think that's what this team needs. Yeah, um, frankly, and you got nothing left to lose. So why not just, you know, hanging on them? What do you think, Alana? Uh, I think that December is when Russell Wilson truly shines as a quarterback. That's, like that's the true. later in the season, he he gets on these obscene runs. Yeah. Uh, and I think that this is a game where we get to stretch our legs a little bit um, because I think that this there's a safety net there in a weird way. Like we're playing one of the worst teams in the league. So we could, you know, try to make this offense look like it was supposed to look at the start of the year. I think it's 31 nothing. <laughs> I, I love your moxie. I want like just a full throated shutout oh, in Texas. Awesome. Oh. It would be yeah. great. I'm here and, for it. And, and, 
And as Go a gear it. up for as a gear up for the Rams the next week, like yeah, take that's true. take all the wheels off, stretch those legs, be the person on the Southwest Airlines flight that takes off their shoes and socks and puts them <laughs> over the the seat in front of you. There you go. Yeah. That's what I, I want, want. I want Quandre to get a pick six. He deserves yeah. it. That dude has been balling. Millie, what's your prediction? Real quick, Dan. So are you saying 27-13? Yeah. Okay. Um, I am with Alana on this. I think, um, as you all know, I, I watch a lot of other games. And, um, you know, Houston's real bad. They're bad. Real bad. And they don't even have Tyrod, who, you know, has had a couple of really good looking games. Um, so I'm going 27, three. Nice. I'm not, I love, I love it. (laughs) I just love it that Dan and and Curtis are like in this exact same realm with one another. And then you and I are out on this other ledge. (laughs) Do you know that, that, uh, that Mills kid, uh, had like earlier in the season, he had like a 300 yard game with like three touchdowns or something like that. There was a one game, maybe it was the outlier of their season where they looked like they were pretty decent. I think they beat somebody significant in that game too. And I was kind of yeah. like, Ooh, like that yeah. guy has some, you know, he Matt, Matt Flynn also yeah. had like yeah. a, a six yeah. touchdown game once. So, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that does concern me is anytime you're playing a a team and a quarterback that you can't get a lot of tape on, mm-hmm. there's there's always room for them to surprise you. Yeah, for sure. But um, they've just been so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're bad. I'm trying to see if I can find the game you're talking about because I remember that as well. Um, well, they held their own against the Patriots. They lost, but it was 25-22. That when, the game when that was he that? played pretty well. There was one game where he, like, I mean, he he put up nice-looking numbers. Yeah, the Patriots have turned it on, you know, in the last six Page, weeks. I, I feel I, weird I'm saying, saying this it, now. I think the Patriots like are going to the Super Bowl. No! No, I don't want a Patriots, folks. Super Bowl. I don't want it. We have evil Bill Belichick back. He found his power. But everybody, everybody's going to be like, we want Patriots and Bucks in the Super Bowl because it'll be so good for ratings. No, it's and the then Bucks. Gonna, I, I don't need the Bucks, but it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Cloned, he, he, Bill Belichick cloned Tom Brady. And he and and he and he and named him Mac him. Jones. <laughs> yeah, and he named him Mac Jones. That, what a dumb name he too. Him. He was like, "This person will be named Person Person." Yeah, exactly. And then his son, his son was like, "Hey, I got this mullet, and we should name it Mac Jones." <laughs> Am I the only one in this podcast that thinks it's weird that somebody by the name of Mac Jones is like this pasty white dude? I just oh, yeah. like it. <laughs> <laughs> that just that the name does not. Fit the uh, the the, the look. Yeah, I, I love the memory. I just watched... have to say, Curtis's memory is one of the most amazing things to me. You are absolutely right. David Mills, twenty-one for twenty-nine, three hundred and twelve yards and three touchdowns against the New England Patriots. Was that yeah, week yeah. three? He played, he played well. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. The Patriots he, are playing. He's much got. He's no, week five. Week five. Yeah. Okay. He's got something there. It's I hopefully it doesn't show up on Sunday. I don't think it will because he played terrible. I think after that game. Like, oh yeah, it started to come. And we do have that game to yeah. to look at, which will be yeah. helpful as well to see mm-hmm. how how he can succeed and be prepared for that. 
I, I'm predicting, uh, I think DK Metcalf is going to have a game. He's going yeah. over 100 yards. He's going to have a couple touchdowns. I have to say, I wore my action green DK Metcalf jersey this Sunday. Uh, I just bought the, I bought this jersey at the beginning of the season. I haven't worn yet. So I wore it. I wore it Sunday. I, I, I like to think I had something to do with this win. I'm just saying, Pete Carroll, if you're listening, I, I think I deserve the game ball. That's all I'm saying. That is super stitious of you. Super (laughs) stitious. Dan, I spilled coffee on myself while I was watching the game, and I was so into the game, I decided to just let it dry on my shirt. So I'll do that again. You have to. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Curtis, what were you eating? What was I eating? Yeah. During the game? Yeah. What did I have? Uh... I think it was like smoked salmon or something like that. You, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm Native Sunday. American, so it was like smoked salmon. That's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's all you eat? Yeah. Is that it? Is that what you're saying? At halftime, yeah. if they're down, you got to you got to Oh, the pickled herring. Got to have that fucking pickled herring shit. Yeah, like, I like that's that right. Yeah, the pickled herring. Smoked salmon and pickled herring. I'm like a fucking walrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've not seen a lot of references to the pickled herring this season. Uh, yeah, I know. Somebody told me like the mercury was bad in it, and I shouldn't do it or something. I just read about that actually. I stopped yeah. eating tuna fish because of it. That's supposed yeah, to be the bottom anyway. feeders and the ocean. Be, that's my dorking out. I, I stopped eating tuna fish. Everybody, that's not <laughs> true. Uh-huh. Moving on to dorking out. I, I just want to say, uh, um, one of my favorite TV shows that I watched during the 2020 pandemic, not the 2021 pandemic, um, was uh, a, a show I had discovered on Hulu called Pen15. Mm, yeah. I loved, I fell in love with this show and they just released their second half of the second season, which is sadly the, um, the, the end of the show. Um, and I'm super bummed about it. I love this show. If you don't know the conceit, the conceit is that uh, these two comedians, women, um, have written a show that's vaguely about themselves in middle school in the early 2000s, like 2000 or 2001. And they are playing themselves at 13 years old, but all of the other kids in middle school are actual like 13 year old actors. Um, wow. it's, it's not as weird as it sounds. It's like in that regard. Yes. So it sounds like it's going to be sort of maybe a ridiculous comedy, but it's not. It actually is very honest portrayal of these two girls in their coming of age and all of the insecurities and hormones and battles uh, that they go through. One of the things that I actually really like about it that I don't see a lot in coming of age stories with kids these young is the fact that, you know, they got these hormones and they're growing up and the longing to be on a, to be grown up, right? Like the longing to get there, but like the fear of getting there. And so also regressing back into like being a child and that seesaw battle that they just kind of go through, uh, I think is such 
a human, such an honest portrayal. And it ends up, uh, whether it was intentionally planned or not, it ends up kind of being the journey of the, of the entire show. And I'm smitten with it. Uh, I think it's hilarious and so finely acted, not only from the adult actors, but um, the child actors as well. Um, one of the one of the, Maya Erskine, uh, who is uh, plays Maya in the show, um, her actual mother plays her mother in the show, who was not an actor previously, who is so good. She is such mm. a good actor on this show. And in the second half of this uh, uh, second season, she gets uh, she gets her own point of view. She gets her own episode. And I just watched it and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, I can't say enough. Uh, I go out and watch it if you're listening. I uh, love the hell out of that show. It's great. Uh, yeah. Alana, well, what are you dorking out? <laughs> we clearly watch many of the same shows. Um, uh, we, we, we know this. Is Kendall Roy dead? But uh, really, is Kendall Roy dead? Is he dead? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's actually the it, probably yes. Um, but uh, the real question or the real thing that's on my mind right now is that The Expanse starts again on Thursday. And I have basically, we have like a lot of shows that we're watching right now. We were watching We're Here, which is like community love. Yes, so good. And then um, we're watching Pen15. We're watching The Sex Lives of College Girls, which is really good and entertaining and worth a watch. Um, uh, And then uh, I can't remember the other shows we're watching. I'm watching Wheel of Time which has dramatically improved with each successive episode. That's what I hear. Yeah. Um, But nothing right now can top my excitement for The Expanse. It is the best world-building science fiction that I've seen. The acting is phenomenal. The dialogue is fantastic. There's a stretch that is like season two halfway point through season three halfway point. That is among the best shows on TV, Agreed. period. Um, that the stories they're telling in that and the relationships that they find out of that. Uh, the, and the fact I, that they're willing to get weird. Yes, absolutely. Like they're willing to get weird sci-fi, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and then it gets into, it, it's coming up, this is the last season of The Expanse as well. And it's a six episode shortened season, um, which is unfortunate, but I have read everywhere that they pack every moment of this season with awesome. Uh, and that the only bad thing, quote unquote, bad thing about it is that some of the, because of the nature of it being a six episode season, some of the people who show back up, um, because that's part of what you do when you are ending a series, some of them feel a little tacked on. And it's like, but if we get the dude, the botanist dude, whose name I can't remember, who becomes really good friends um, with uh, yes. Amos, like, yes. if we get that dude coming back, I don't care because that relationship. I love that relationship, by the way. It's so good. It's so yeah. like platonic amazing. Can yeah. I ask you a question, Alana, about yeah. the show? So I I tried to watch it. I, I was, I was, uh, season one was uh, okay. I mean, I did like a lot of the, the world building for sure. Yeah. Um, I started to, and then I stopped. And then I tried the next episode and I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I pushed through to, I think, the third episode. I was like, I, just, uh-huh. I can't remember what's going on. So it sounds to me like you're saying you get to, like, the middle of that season and it just takes off. 
so what happens is uh, season one is like the first two thirds of book one. Mm-hmm. And then season two to the halfway point is the rest of book one. And then season two at the halfway point through season three at the halfway point is book two. And the storylines that are told in that book are, I mean, I'm going to spoil it just a hair for you. If you're okay with that. All right. They, they kill Thomas Jane. He, He like, his character is no, not, I mean, he's in it for other reasons later on, but, um, He's not important to to the narrative at that point. The detective guy. He's the detective. Yes. They okay, kill him, and then they're sense. and then they're like, "Fuck this film noir shit that we're doing. We're a space opera." Okay. Um, <laughs> right, right. You know, and and like it was fine. It was fine that they were doing that, but then then it becomes purely about the proto molecule, um, which you've learned a little bit about, and the Rossi, and how uh, what they're doing in relation to this, and. It's That's about- when it starts to get kind of like sci-fi weird and they start taking yeah. some cool risks with the story. Um, okay. I, 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 it's also a show that demands your full attention. Yeah, yeah. don't watch it with a phone in hand. To- exactly. That yeah. was part of the, I mean, when I watched season one, it was something I was watching kind of right before I went to bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I turned yeah. it off because I yeah. realized I wasn't paying enough attention. So it's one of those shows. And I think I've realized that as well, that it, it isn't that kind of show, which, mm-hmm. but uh, I will, for, for, for the sake of you dorks who love it, I will uh, try to push back into that one. And I, I, I recommend it. My heart for Kamina Drummer, like, and her, love, pa- and her Polly Am Belter fam, like totally, yes. You'll you'll get to that, but it's oh god, she's so fucking good. She's so and good. David Strathairn is on it for a chunk, and it's and he's doing a Belter accent, and it's like okay, sure. I, you're I, an amazing actor. He shows up in a in, in, in a show or a movie. I I know it's going to be good. He's yeah. he's like one of those great actors who just shows up randomly in a bunch of stuff. Uh, he's never been like the lead guy, but he always just shows up. And when he shows up, you know, it's going to be good. Right. He was the lead in good night and good luck, which is one of the best. Movies. That's right. Yes. Um, but like yeah. he showed up, he played a character that was supposed to die in the books after the first season. And he was like, I really like being here. Can I be in the next season? And they were like, <laughs> sure. We love you. <laughs> anyway, the expanse, is excellent TV. Love it. Curtis, what are you jerking out about? Uh, what platform is that on? Prime. Amazon. Prime. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, well, um, I just have to give another quick little shout out to Hawkeye uh, on the Disney That was a great Plus. third episode. Uh, that, great, that third episode uh, really um, hooked me in big time. Um, I was enjoying the first two. The third one uh, spoke to me in a lot. More specific ways, and I'm super excited about it. I think out of you know the whole pantheon of the MCU television shows right now, this one's probably my fave. Um, uh, the actress fun. that they got to play Echo is Alakwa Yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, I leapt out of my uh, couch when I saw that prosthetic. Uh, Right, like yeah. I was just yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Did and you know the girl who played? Do with it, yeah. Huh? The girl who played her at a younger age is her cousin. 
But what? yeah, that was that yeah. that does not shock me at all because no. I mean, yeah, I mean you can I see love that. the familiar traits and everything. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm excited about the spin-off Echo show when yeah. that comes about too. Because I'm pretty sure She's that terrific. what's his face is Daredevil is gonna be on that. Well, that's the rumor, yeah. Yeah, and I hope, you're right. Yeah, I, I well, and Feige was like, "We're bringing him, back yeah, into the MCU. And, he's yeah. not just going to be Matt Murdock. Like, come on, no, Daredevil. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. Matt Murdock as Daredevil. As Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the 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 other thing that I've you know just really recently dived into is I finally uh, started uh, uh, following the Get Back uh, Beatles. I, I need to format. watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Recording sessions uh, of you know their last um, you know a uh, couple albums, and it's um, yeah. I've 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 been a lifelong Beatles fan. Um, it was uh, one of the bands that my brothers would listen to, you know, when I was a kid that didn't scare the shit out of me, like Black Sabbath and Led <laughs> Zeppelin. <laughs> Uriah Heap and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, so I've always been a fan of the Fab Four. I thought I've known their history pretty well, but I want to say that, you know, I kind of, um, you know, fallen into the whole presumptions and assumptions about, you know, Paul and John and the whole Yoka thing and everything like that. And like, this is a really... This is just a really, I mean, this, you can call this thing, this, that Peter Jackson has, um, you know, this sort of passion project of his as being a documentary about the Beatles, but it almost feels like the way in which he has reconstructed, like just the hundreds of hours of footage as it's, it's, it's kind of like, like, like a reality television show that we're watching mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. that was filmed you know over 50 years 40 ago. years ago or whatever yeah. yeah yeah and it's just and then and the way in which you know he's i think he's done things with um you know heightening the um you know the color of the film stock and everything is is just there's just a lot of eye candy involved on top of like you know when then they're in, in these early sessions of you know these like iconic you know, songs that they put forth in, you know, the late 60s, right before they broke up. Um, it's just, yeah, there's just a lot to enjoy with that if you're a fan of the Fab Four. I, I've heard, I, 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 I plan on watching it. I, I, I know it's a commitment, um, which is why I haven't done it it's yet. Huge. But yeah. Um, what I've heard, the, the thing that speaks to me about what I've heard is that, a big focus of it is on their sort of like creative process. Yes. Yes. And yes. So, I'm so only the like we take all of, of these it. songs yeah. for granted and then you see Paul McCartney, like trying to figure it out uh, on the process fly. on the fly. On the fly. Yeah. That fascinates me. Creative process fascinates yeah. me um, in all artists. I, and I, I can speak for myself here, but I, I, I think I can speak for a lot of artists when I say that, I'm always trying to figure out the, the how I approach the creative process when I'm in it again, because it always seems just a little weird and magical. And I mean, there's a reason why, you know, artists have been calling like things their muse and stuff like that. And I found this out again because 
I, I, I will be going into rehearsal for a, a show. And it's a question I ask myself every time I, I pick up a demanding role, which is like, how did I do that before? Like, how did I craft this character? How did I memorize these lines? Like, how did I come to these decisions? And the answer is always like, a, you try things out and it, like some things suck and some things are good and you just kind of end up piecing it like a puzzle. And I'm always just kind of fascinated by it. And I love seeing like great artists go through the same thing because then it sort of like validates my own process. <laughs> my main recommendation for you, Daniel, is don't do what Jeremy Strong does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he does this thing called, he doesn't want to call it method acting. It's, but it's, identity, it's identity diffusion, where he lives half of his life as Jeremy Strong and half of his life as Kendall Roy every year. Fuck you. Nobody can stand being around him. <laughs> oh, my God. Millie! <laughs> what are you darking out on? Oh, um, I'll keep it short. Uh, I just... Uh, uh, sorry. It's, it's late. For those of you listening, it's late. Oh, yeah. So I'm gonna it keep is. this. Yeah, it's about here. 10 o'clock on a um, on a on a Tuesday. Um, and just say that I am really digging the new season of Discovery. I love what they've mm. done with this franchise. Every year is a new experience, but these characters um continue to grow and they explore as most great Star Trek series have, they explore ideas and identities and emotions uh in a very modern and progressive way and and it's so incredibly relatable and that's always been the beauty of star trek to me so um really really like discovery uh and i think every year i like it more i love that show and uh i i've only seen the first episode of this new season um but i i have to say this is the one thing i dig and it's the one thing it's critics hate about this about discovery and it's the fact that there is not one white straight man on that ship. And like, I know that it gets a lot of hate for that and I don't give a fuck. I love it about that. They're, the only white man on that show is a gay man who's playing an alien and another gay man who is playing a gay man. So like, <laughs> I love that. Um, uh, and I think Star Trek needs a lot more of that. Um, yeah, I, I dig that show. Anybody else? Do you, do you watch it? Discovery? Curtis? You don't have Paramount. So, and yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to get Paramount. I'm, 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 yeah. uh, you know, I, all the Trekkie, Trekkies are going to hate this when I say I'm a Star Wars guy. I don't do the Star Trek that much. I used to like dare the you. Star Trek Next Generation. I love that show. I love Picard. You know? I think oh, we're all more into Trek other than you, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? <laughs> What's that? Are you? I love Star Trek and Star Wars equally. Okay. Uh, that's not true. I think I'm, I, I like Star Trek a little bit more. I can but... leave Star Wars. There's one good Star Wars movie. I'm all, I, I'm much more interested. In oh, if, if there was a choice, if like a wizard came to me and he was like, one of these two franchises is going to be uh, deleted uh, out of history, um, and you have to make the choice. Which one is this. it? I, I think I'm going to tell him Star Wars. I, I, I ah. like Star Wars. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, nah, I love the Star Wars. Yeah. Well, 
there's arguments for both. And even if you're not into the movies, what Star Wars did to the industry is something completely monumental. So they destroyed that. science fiction with it. <laughs> no, no, they just destroyed copied it. and they just copied and pasted Japanese film and they didn't give any credit to it. <laughs> yeah. That's and spaghetti westerns. They and spaghetti westerns, westerns yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm not George Lucas. I'm saying George Lucas is a hack. The uh, the industry itself and the creativity that was born out of things like um, Lucas Studios or whatever it's called, I can't think of it. Um, yeah. All the things that came from it. So I, I wouldn't want to remove either one. It's hard, and it's hard for me. There's things I love about both. There's so much more to Star Trek, so that's probably what I would pick. You know, gun to my head, but I love them both. Can I tell love you the reboot? You know, this um, is a great dorking. Like we need to <laughs> one of these episodes. We need to go Star Trek versus Star Wars. <laughs> but th- there's yeah. only one thing on the Star Wars side, and that's Rogue One. Like every other Star Wars. No, 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 Rogue no, One no, is no. the only good <laughs> Star Wars movie. movies. Were great films. Then we're just gonna have to move beyond this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we really should. This we should just thing. add Battlestar into that, and we'll just. Uh, you know, I was oh, gonna man. say because yeah. I stand oh, Battlestar. I have opinions on Battlestar, but yeah. it, it, that'll go for another uh, hour. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, hey, this was a this was fun podcast. Uh, I had fun. I hope <laughs> the listeners had fun. Um, you should check out Curtis's blog, 12life.com. Uh, he always has really great insights into the Seahawks, and it's written well, and it's funny. I like it a lot. Um, you can find us uh, on Spotify, Apple, wherever you find your podcast. We're there every Wednesday. You should uh, you should click the follow. You should uh, let your friends know that uh, you know we're around if you like it. And um, yeah, my name is Daniel. Berlana, Curtis, Millie, the rest of the twelves, saying goodbye and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.